0: Thank you for tuning in to the Mix of Black Girl Magic podcast. My name is Mo, you know, yo, it's Mo, and I'll be speaking with my girl, Alexa, from Mahogany Honey podcast. We'll be discussing her journey to podcasting. Stay tuned, because gems will be dropped on The Mix of Black Girl Magic Podcast. And thank you for joining us on another episode of the Mix of Black Girl Magic podcast. I am your host, yo, it's Mo, And I've got a special guest with us today. Um, this is someone who has quickly become a friend. Um, she has an awesome uh, platform herself. And I think our brand sort of aligned. So I reached out to her Um, ever since then it's been like um, just a a, an awesome connection Um, and I am so happy to finally have her on an episode of the podcast here so I want to tell you a little bit about her and then you'll hear from the lady of the hour herself so um, not only is she a well-educated professional she is also someone who I think uh, immediately aligns with the mix of black girl magic. Um, she is doing great work in the community um, through her platform of bringing more topics and issues to light. And so I want to give you guys an opportunity to meet someone who not only inspires me, but is an inspiration to so many others. So without further ado, i will introduce you to none other than miss lex alexis herself um hi lex how are you i am
1: doing good i am doing great and i'm so happy to see you once again and to reunite and just continue to do what we do which is great work (laughs) yes i'm excited to be on your platform um you're doing great things as well, you know. Great people align with greatness. So if you think I'm great, it's obviously because you know I think you're great as well. So well, <laughs> there's that well, part. I'm happy I'm happy to
0: be on here. But yes, tell me something something that's good. Okay, well, I definitely do think you're great, Lex, and I am happy to have you. Uh, this has been a long time in the making but it is finally here and um, today we're going to talk about your podcasting journey and kind of how you have ended up in this podcasting space um, so tell us a little about your podcast what it's called and kind of what you do there
1: yes of course so I'm currently the podcast host, co-founder, owner, whatever you want to call it, host and producer of Mahogany Honey, the podcast. Yes, Mahogany yes. Honey, the podcast, that is my baby. That baby has been with me since 2018. It was just in the process, in the womb, kind of just making, getting ready to you know, bloom in 2020, 2021 and i'm so happy that it's here it took a lot of things to optimize it to bring it to fruition um to where it is and i'm excited to see where it goes um i have so many things envisioned for it and the sole purpose of it so people can get a little background on it is predominantly to serve black indigenous people of color, um, when it comes to just recognizing individuals who are making a difference in their communities, pretty much I wanted to highlight that. I think that at times we are only seen as either we're the athletics, we're the people, you know, or entertainers, but we're just so much more than that. We just need to highlight the people who are pretty much bridging the gaps and
0: are in the community doing a lot of great work. So, I'm so glad to have you here because you have really created a space where people who are not entertainers and people who are not athletes, uh, but are professionals doing the work in their communities, feel really comfortable to share, to talk about things that they don't often get. Uh, to be heard about and and so i really commend you for doing that lex it really for me pushes the idea of solidarity and it also is encouraging and empowering for people who may want to to speak out but aren't sure how to do so mahogany honey podcast guys if you have not heard please go listen um, and of course i will have her information in this broadcast later i just wanted to start off by asking you know you told me that your podcast began in 2018 so how does one even begin to have a podcast or you know you've got that idea how do you bring it to life well well
1: i mean you Also being a a podcaster yourself, you know, how this journey can, we don't even know how we got here sometimes. And it's nice to have episodes like this and have interviews like this, because it kind of makes you think back as to why you're doing this in the first place. So I love this question. Um, just wanted to say that already. So for me, I've always been, I've always used my voice. I feel like my voice has always been something that has paid my bills. (laughs) in the sense that like, I honestly never realized the power of it or that that wasn't even a thing until I started podcasting, weird enough. I think at times we overlook our talents because we put so much emphasis and focus on academics and like what we read, being well read, right? And just like overall having all these experiences and whatnot that we tend to overlook like other things like our voice. So I started as an advocate i in social services. And I would pretty much start speaking in public in front of a lot of people. And like, for example, courtrooms, we all know that those can be nerve wracking spaces. Also just in like, let's say institutional spaces. I was, when I would be in academics, I would be always be like, oh, can you present this? Or when I would be at work, they'd be like, hey, can you actually do the training? Can you actually like host our meeting? And I'd be like, well, why me? You know, like, why? Like, why does it have to be me? And I realized that without intentionally doing it, I overpower a room. And I've tried to work on that sometimes where like, learning when to speak and learning when to listen can, when you're a host can be somewhat difficult. I don't know if you struggle with that sometimes. But like, for me, at times, I'm like, okay, but I'm working on it. And the great thing about podcasting is that it enhances those skills. For me, just to like continue a little bit further on, um, I was in a social service um, work aspect and I was actually going to school for urban education. I just started linking like the work I was doing in academics with the professional experience that I was doing because I was working full-time and I was also like going to school full-time and I was trying to just merge these two worlds, right? I'm like, I'm gonna make this work. I'm going to bring meaning and purpose to everything I'm doing. I've always been very intentional about everything I do. I realized that there wasn't a lane for me. There wasn't a lane for me in the sense that maybe there there was, but I just did not have direct access to it. And I think I'm honestly still looking for it. At the time, my chairperson, who was program director for my program of being an urban ed, they were like, Alexa, you're not an educator, but you're a social worker. And so we still need you. And I was like, how can you use me if I'm not? And like I don't necessarily see myself as a somebody working in an education building if that makes any sense like a pre-K through 12 institutional space. Like I don't think that's me. So they were like, no, Alexa, you actually are very necessary because the people who work in these institutional spaces don't get the real scope of what's going on in these urban inner cities. You're in the streets like you work the streets literally you get paid to work the streets they need the, this knowledge and i was like well h- how do i do that like how do i basically was like okay i'm gonna start doing research on how to bridge the gap between social workers and educators and i did a whole research thing on that and i my professor at the time was like you need to start thinking of unique ways to get information out, Alexa. And I was like, unique ways to get information out. She's like, yeah. She's like, when you're an urban educator, you gotta be innovative. And I was like, I gotta be innovative. What is this? Like, what are you saying to me? Like, it was too much for me at the time. And that was like 2017, I was only 27 years old. And all I wanted to do was party and get my pay- get my bills paid. <laughs> get paid. Like, I did not. <laughs> Like, I was just like in a whole different space that she was like trying to bring me into. And I felt like she was trying to do way too much for me. Like, you're doing too much, sis, like, simmer down. And then I had another professor who was like, okay, now that you graduated, law school. And I was like, law school? I was like, sis, simmer down. Like I can barely put it together. I barely got across the finish line for you to be pushing law school on me. And she's like, it's in you. You're an activist. Like everyone sees the potential in me. And I'm just sitting here like I'm tired. <laughs> like <Yeah>. I'm tired. <laughs> and I just wanna I just wanna rest. Like I just wanna chill.
0: Okay. Everybody just
1: leaves me alone. In 2017, I graduated and I just kind of took like a brief rest, right? Like, I just was like, I need to just figure out what direction I want to go in. What's my next job? Because I wanted to get out of social services so bad. Like for me, it was just too much. It was it was burning me out. And I was like, I need to start doing policy work. So when I graduated, I actually wanted to go to DC to do educational policy. That was like my goal, right? Yeah. DC never called me. DC still DC got my right. application. That's DC still her. got my application floating somewhere. I don't know. Along with so many other places, right?
0: My girl loves so- DC.
1: <laughs> it good. I was actually just there. To continue, I continued to work and obviously whatever was paying me the bills which was still social services and I'm like applying to jobs, nothing, nothing's coming about. And I was like, I need to, I have so much to say, like about the things that I observe and my work to work, like when I'm in working in the juvenile justice space. There's so much unethical things that are going on here. And not just that, but also just a lot of things that I've noticed can be done differently. And there's so much resistance here. Like, who do I tell this to? So who do I right. speak to about these things? Right. And so nobody would listen to me. Everyone was like shutting the door on me. Like I went to this lady who worked in the department of like the school, it was, like a school department, uh, Within the juvenile justice center was like an office where you go and basically they're supposed to help kids who are in the foster care system or just juveniles who are might be in like pretty much going through correctional like the system. I was like, hey sis, hey, I will work here for free. I will intern for you. Like I okay. no, that's serious. I was like, I just use me like I will do trainings because social workers right now really do not get an idea or do not understand to the full capacity how to use the educational system where basically these kids spend most of their time right Right. and so she was like no sis we don't need you here like we got way too many of y'all already like don't come here staring in the pot and i was just like all right she didn't say it in those words but that's how it resonated with me it was like, no thank you for your services. And I was just like, wow, like you're having people who are actually educated, who work here already and you won't let them in? What's going, what's really going on here? Are you here for them or are you here for an alternative reason? Again, with the unethical things, sometimes that I felt like I was crossing, but I really couldn't say and I feel like you're going crazy and delusional, right, quote, unquote. I'm over here and I was like, yo, systematic institutional oppression is just so real. It's eating at my soul. I don't want to do this work anymore, right? So I completely quit. I'm like, I'm done. This is not. God, please, I'm going to take a leap of faith. <laughs> This is yeah. like pave the way, right, paved the way. So this is like all culminating, coming into process in 2018. And I sat down, and I was living in Miami. I sat down, the first episode I ever recorded was with my previous roommate who used to live with me. And she's very vocal about these things, just like I am, she's Haitian. She and I were experiencing a very interesting form of racism in Miami where you think because you're in a diverse space where there's a lot of different people from different ethnicities that you would fit in right or that it would be a common thing that there's a lot of people who look like you so how are you going to experience discrimination no yes it still happens okay it happens if anything it's actually more insulting because you're like there's so many of us around like why is this a thing right right and so I was i'm like where do i go to say these things like where do i go to like express this and i just started listening to my churches like podcasts because the the way i got into podcasting was i used to listen to my churches like when i wouldn't go to church i would just throw on the podcast and i'm like man this is a space where you could just put audio or you could just put media thing or whatever it is like and people will like listen to you i'm like i want to do this like how do you do this so I started recording conversations because I felt like I was having these great conversations about change, but like, I do not know what to do with these conversations. And I'm, I like writing, but I'm very, I'm better at speaking and then writing, right? That's like my dynamic. We, in 2018, I recorded my first ever episode. Um, And at the time, the podcast was actually called Melanin Miami Mommy, because I lived in Miami. my roommate helped me um uh like edit the audio and stuff and like put it together and she kind of like walked me a little bit into the process she was a little bit more techie than i was when it came to those things that's how like that seed kind of started Just planted
0: wow so that almost to me just seems divine like to be influenced by you know listening to a church or listening to a pastor and then that really influencing you it's like yeah there's a message in me as well and I'm happy to hear you say that because I've always felt that um in the past when we've talked you know a lot of times like I'll quote scriptures or I'll like say something that i think resonates with my spirit just as much as with my advocacy Um yeah a lot of this is based on um morals and ethics when you look at systemic oppression and you also encounter those blocks just like you do in in life and like those are things that you would take to church or those prayers that you take to God and sometimes that's what you are venting when you get to the podcast or that's the thing that moved you to make that episode and you're just like that's what I'm going to talk about next time I hear myself saying that a lot of times like I'm going to talk about that on the next episode just because it resonates and so I also wanted to touch on the thing where where you know you would run into this space and offer yourself as a humble servant um, to do whatever is your calling and be denied, you know? Um, Because that's the thing when we feel like we are just here to do what God has called us to do. I know this is how I can be a blessing to someone. And then it's like, oh, nah, like nah, you know? So you kind of question that and then you realize that, hey, God was actually using that no to push me into my yes. And so I believe that this podcast, Mahogany Forum, which sounds a lot nicer than, oh wait, was it Melody, Miami, <laughs> Magic? Mommy. Yeah. That was so because my friend
1: was like, ah, oh, sis, do you kind of want to like, uh, like go with a something a little shorter or like, a... she kind of was like trying to hint off. And I was like, and I'm like the Taurus and me, I'm so stubborn. I'm like, no, I want, this is it. Like this is the, <laughs> the spice. This is what I want it to be. Okay.
0: Right? Okay. So, I get that. And it, and it helps you to, um, uh realize that like yes these things are changing in me like I can change the name I can change the system I can change you know what I'm saying so it really is a journey that allows you to like be your best self and actually be of service in the way that you feel like you can be the biggest blessing shout out to the Mahogany Forum podcast formerly known as give it to me Lex (laughs) Melanin Miami mommy. Okay. I love that. Um, And so that leads me to my next question, because it seems like you starting this podcast really had an impact on your life, on your career, on your professional choices. How do you feel like starting the podcast impacted you in real life? Because, you know, this podcast exists on the internet, but it's like, how does it change the way you're living?
1: It's my lifeline.
0: This is so wild.
1: <laughs> I know this sounds so cliche, but the podcast is literally has been my lifeline to some extent, and it's something that I'm still trying to put into words because every time I listen to a recording, it's almost like I let that was a stage in my life that like I can see my transformation. Like I, it's like almost giving me permission to, to go on to the next phase. Like, all right, you did that. My soul is at peace because you did what you felt like you learned, whatever it was that you needed and you put it out there into the universe. You're letting the universe know that you went through this process. You're applying whatever lessons you took away from whatever life threw at you. Now it's almost like you can go on. It's weird. I can't yes. explain it, but like, that's literally how like it feels for me. Like it's been, I can see my growth and because I can see my growth, I feel like I can keep going. Yes.
0: Does that so, make sense? That does make sense. And I'm I'm happy to hear that it is relieving you um, and allowing you, you know, that room to, to grow and give yourself like grace to, to let that go or or bit that purge that that's a hint to our, our old podcast episode but to purge that and start to make some lemonade are you is there anything tangible like have you you know started buying a new outfit or do you go to a different restaurant is there anything like you can quite put your finger on that's really changed your life
1: okay tangible like for whatever reason ever since I started consistently putting episodes out, I've been abundantly blessed and and where my finances, somehow some way has been like consistent. I can't explain it, even if it's not directly from the podcast, but I'm being provided for. Like something is holding me up. Like that finance part, was very inconsistent and unstable for me again i was put into a situation that i already had encountered in 2019 and then i went through it again in 2020 where like i don't know if god was trying to like test me about my faith and my finances but it was hella tested when i started doing the podcast consistently it hasn't been a thing
0: yes I'm good. Like I pretty much have been blessed. You know, what's more tangible than that? What is better to put your finger on than to say like actually increase my faith. And that is what I really felt myself going through the the podcast. That just attaches to me back to like if if feeling divine, uh, like divine intervention, or as if I'm like following the path that, that God has for me. People need to hear that because I'm someone who I know of social workers, but you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And I'm so compassionate that, you know, I, I wonder about those things. And you were really someone who gave me the insight as it was first like, okay, well, I'm gonna get out of this private sector and I'm gonna go to the nonprofit sector, you know? And then I spoke to you and you let me know like, well it could it could be there too. Um, and you know, that, that really um, blew my mind. In a way that it was right i had heard of people um experiencing that and in in some way i just didn't i couldn't put my finger on it um and that just leads me to like a lot of times it is that like when you know somebody who who's going through it or you get that recommendation then you could go for it or like you kind of know you hear about what it is before you step into it and that like alerts your red flags and so that's also why i wanted to talk to you about podcasting because You can hear from what you've shared so far, how not only could podcasting be freeing um, and liberating, but it can also be the tool that brings you to your purpose. That also requires the faith to believe that like, if I go for it, then yeah, God will be there. Um, Especially if you feel like that's your, your talent or your special thing. I want to, I guess next, like, move into the arts and culture. Um, we talked a little bit in the past about you working in a nonprofit sector and uh dealing with the arts. And you know, I know you also have a background with with social work. Was there ever a point where like those two things merged for you where your social work merged with the art sector? Oh,
1: yeah, I honestly didn't think about it at the time. I guess because I was so like hyper focused on being a social worker so like i was just i had social worker like glasses on right like everything you would i would see it was just like social justice lens like everything social justice that you don't really like necessarily see how the arts at the time could have played a part into it and but i always loved the arts like i was like well what else do i love aside from doing social justice work oh alexa you paint like you paint you're constantly going to art institutional spaces, you're constantly around like hippies and artists and like people who are doing freelance work, like just do something that you enjoy, do something that you enjoy. And that's how I got led into working into an art organizational space. It's so interesting because when I first started, I actually started at Arctic House. Arctic House is an immersive immersive art space that's actually for profit. And what they do is it's pretty much they're using science, technology, the arts, overall engineering, I guess you can say, to put like an exhibition together where when you go in, it's mostly like lights and it's like pretty much an artist exhibition space. And it's very like very dimensional work, um, but also immersive in the sense that it uses like sound. So it's almost like you're encapsulated into this one, you're part of like this exhibit, if that makes any sense, like you're part of the art. And I worked there and most of the time it's dark in there. And I felt like once I transitioned out of working into social services, it's almost, I needed that darkness and a weird way to kind of just like feel like at peace where I was in a space where I was like, super extroverted, there was so much hyper-focus on me that I felt like I needed, this kind of gave me like rest. I love the fact that I was able to educate other people about the exhibitions. I was able to kind of guide them and be like a a visitor experience person of like, hey, this is a piece that we have and I love talking and I love posting. It just worked for me. I got another opportunity to work for this other art organization that is really well known among artists in, in Florida or local artists. And it's like one of those art spaces that was like very raw, very like respected because it's pretty much where a lot of artists started from Miami and have pretty much gotten their their work showcased. It's called Locust Projects. And I worked there for a bit. I loved working there because that's where I actually saw the connection between the arts and social justice. We had an exhibit piece come on on pretty much women who are going through oppression, like who are in oppressive spaces, especially around the brown and black community. And I didn't realize how impactful her piece was because you can't see it at first just based off like what you see like in front of you. But once you start like immersing yourself into the like exhibition, you're like, oh my goodness. So she makes basically replicated her room. This is her room. And you can see little bits and pieces of like the oppression that she's pretty much trying to tell you about in that exhibit. It was, it's, it's initiates conversation. It starts a dialogue without so much chaos. Sometimes when you try to do activist work, a lot of people don't want to hear you. They don't want to listen. They want to like either see something or have something that's going to start a conversation. And that's what the arts does sometimes. Like the arts actually like starts people from actually creatively doing things from how we're used to doing things. If that makes any sense, instead of doing it in the systematic way that you usually do it in like uh, institute, like in a, like a, like let's say like a social service space or just like overall corporate space, the arts mm-hmm. kind of go, hey. Like, let's look at it from like a different point of view. Do you see like how, so that's where I I have high regard for the arts and culture. For me, it came about to, it related a lot to me and resonated emotionally for me because of, I was also in a space where I was seeking my identity more. I knew all along that I was Afro-Latina. I've always known that I'm Black. I've always known that like, this is the thing. I just never knew how to, insert myself into certain conversations because of people thinking I'm one thing or another thing. And I'm like, I'm Afro Latin American. This is really like, this is the thing. I'm a Black person that happens to speak Spanish because of colonization, like same boat, different port. Like that's literally what I always say. For all I know, I may have had an ancestor in New Orleans that probably they made a stop there and well before they stopped at the Caribbean to drop off some slaves in the Dominican Republic. Like this is a thing. And then it's like, how do you feel connected to certain spaces at times? It's just like when I go to Nola, I can't like explain it. But I feel so like like a, like a, like I built like this is my home. Like I've been here before. It's very nostalgic and I don't know if it does that to everyone, but like that's one space where i'm like this is where i feel like the diaspora aspect of like being black
0: yes so i can see all of those things merging for you and that is also the the heart of this podcast um i named it the mix of black girl magic because I just felt all those things mixing and as i learned my heritage and you know i like traced and tried to research my own ancestors it not only um told me more about myself and my identity um but just like you're saying it was i was in those spaces and like it just started to make sense it's like if in fact like i'm at an art exhibit i'm there like i need to be there i love art um a lot of ways that I express my advocacy um, is through poetry, and that is another like creative outlet. Um, of course, I've got a big mouth, so it allows me to also like orate, and I make music. Um, I make songs and I can rap, so it allows me to express myself musically. As much as i internalize internalized those things that were going on in the uh, private sector, in the corporate world, um, when I got to my my podcast, it made sense for me to be able to blend all those things. I could, and even in my my reparation video, I could talk about music. Um, I could talk about you know uh, who I am and how like it relates to me, and how that relates to other parts of of my culture and my heritage in a completely black community and black family. I just was able to like resonate. Okay, there's builders there. Um, I've always had an affinity for the ocean and I grew up on the coast. So whenever I'm there or at water, it, it feels like a piece of me. And so all of those things just started to like make sense the more, the more that I understood, but I was able to express them fully through art. And I think that helped me to really connect those, expressive experiences to my advocacy and say like hey i'm saying this because it's off of experience or i can relate to it in some way i only you know advocate for causes that i am passionate about and i think that's something that has allowed these things to merge for you beautifully because you are passionate about each area from you know social justice to uh art to the podcast and the community that you built when all of this aligns for you in those moments on on your podcast or in whatever you're doing now, like, how does that make you feel? It's it's a, a feeling that I can't describe, so maybe you can help.
1: It keeps like it's reassuring. It's the validation from the universe that no one else can give me. And I think that has power and it's very underestimated. But that is so powerful, like I'll give you an example of a aligning moment, right? That just keeps happening. Every time I release an episode, no one who even knows that the podcast exists somehow starts talking to me. That week, all I get is that theme. For example, right now I have an episode out on how volunteering uh, to be mindful of like how we can be harmful. Um, there's harmful practices in volunteering or doing volunteer work, right? For nonprofit spaces or just overall navigating the for-profit space and how there's harmful practices in that. God will place a person in front of me that needs that conversation. Like I applied for like a position or a job. Coincidentally, they—I probably applied like let's say like two or three weeks ago—and they happened to call me about that specific job that may be similar to that like, during the week that the episode was released. And then I'm sitting there talking to them about, like, the harmful practices of, like, volunteering that I literally just talked on on the podcast. And it's just one of those weird things that just happen. And then, like, I'll have another, like, two other people, like, randomly start a conversation who don't know the podcast exists. Like, for example, like, old white people, right? Yeah. They'll start talking to me about, like, that specific topic
0: and so i can definitely relate to you when you say like it's reassuring and validating again that's just that divine energy where it's like my spirit is so full right now you know and i'm just like yeah i don't know how to put my finger on it but there's something about it. Um, my recent episode was during Pride Month. I sat and I talked with my sisters and my partner and their partners. To them, like, it might have just been a conversation and we were having a good time. But to me, I felt so grateful to have those people as my people, um, as my community, and to be able to share that as a, a part of, of my advocacy, to invite them into the house that I built. It is, it's is you know for lack of a a better term it's like when I did this I did that with y'all in mind and it's coming full circle and I don't know how to say anything other than you know I'm so grateful that y'all are here and to them it might have just been like oh we're coming on they call me Moni oh we're coming on the Moni's thing and whatever she wants you know it could have been something to them I don't know how they felt but to me it was completely divine that the women who I love the most in this world, um, who are constantly there to build me up, were now in that space. And so when that aligned, it's a feeling I couldn't put my finger on, but it definitely was reassuring and validating that I was doing exactly what I was supposed to do to continue moving with that podcast, so I also wanted to touch on like you talking about being in that space in the art house, and I believe you said it was called Art House, and it was dark. Arctic House, yeah. Yep. Arctic House, okay. And just that that feeling, so in the darkness. And as you know, my partner is an artist, so I live with all this this color. And in the past, I've said to her, you know, you you're using white, but sometimes in the dark is where you find peace and, and liberation and so for you to, to really touch that I want you to talk more about how that felt for you to be in the dark and how that attaches to the, the light uh, so to speak that you share on this podcast
1: yeah there's a lot there um, thank you for this question I love this yes. question uh, This is like, this is where it feels like soul work. I know that I'm doing the soul work that whatever you may call the higher power in your religion or anyone listening maybe I feel strongly connected to was that time in my life where I transitioned and I didn't know, it was the void, right? The void. When you are going, when you're in transition, there's nothing there. There's literally you're building it. You're pretty much it's a it's a pause. It's a whatever. What would church call it? Cella. Okay. Okay. Sorry, I'm having a moment.
0: I'm, I'm appreciating Cause, that because I can it's, it's, I can feel your energy and how much that that period means to you based off of who you are now and like mind you this girl is in North America <laughs> right now <laughs> but I feel your energy so strongly legs um, so I really want to thank you for for that and just like hopefully you know to to bring out a little more insight for me you know being yeah. in the darkness is a place of peace. I think people close their eyes when they meditate. A lot of times when I'm at the water, I'm at the beach. It's like to close your eyes and then open them and see like God's creation. It is super inspiring. Was that how it was for you? Yeah. And I'm very defensive now
1: about like, like respecting that space of like grievance at times because when there's death at times there's like you like people need to feel it like you cannot i hate when people try to rob you of your bad experiences if that makes any sense like i know people want the best for us and they want us to be happy but at times that can be selfish too because people need to feel whatever they're going through at times. And there's a, because then they're gonna, you missed the lesson. And then it's like, you're gonna continue your whole life trying to make sense of that lesson. Cause you never gave yourself that pause. You never gave yourself that moment of, to feel your change, to feel your transformation that's like happening. What's that shift? Like, there's a shift going here. You need to feel it so you can have hope. It sounds wild, but, like, no one wants to sit in darkness. Like, if anybody was, like, hey, you want to sit in darkness with me? Like, no, I don't want to sit in. Like, obviously, <laughs> that's what go to. Like, does your first, like, you know, reaction is, like, who wants to be sad? Nobody wants yeah. to be sad. Like, everybody wants to be, like, happy. But at the same time, it's, like, I was going through my Saturn return. I don't know if anyone believes in that or knows what that is, but like Saturn return, and I'll give you like a little idea for the listeners who, have, who may not know, is basically a period in your life. And this can happen either in your 20s, this can happen in your 30s. It's pretty much what feels, it feels like a midlife crisis, where your life as you built it and you knew it to be, completes, completely destructs and collapses. Everything in your life gets affected like, your your living situation, your like the people around you, your family, everything is just like deconstructed and getting ready for you to rebuild. And it happens very slowly and sometimes it happens very rapidly when it starts picking up pace, right? Once like this thing is happening in your life, it's almost like you're lucky if you grabbed a glimpse of like what you think it might be and if you have some type of idea of what it is so that way it can get you through it and this is why i think it's important to share because a lot of people actually don't make it through their midlife crisis and actually either commit suicide or self-sabotage and put themselves in the circumstances where death is permanent for them and they don't come out the other side and that's a very real thing Yeah. um because they don't know how to cope or they don't Believe in a higher power, and they don't believe in like things dying, in a sense, and be, being rebuilt and rebirthing a new you. Like oh, yes. that, that whole aspect of like transformation, what transformation is? Because we, when we think, when we're growing up, right, our parents tell us, okay, you're gonna go through these stages in life. We're preparing you for adulthood, right? But no one prepares you of, like what happens after adulthood. Okay, I'm here, like, and now what? Like, do I stop growing? no you continue to grow you continue being a whole ass person and i think that's where people like as adults we forget to give ourselves permission to grow and still raise ourselves especially for people who raised themselves by themselves growing up and i think that's where my street credibility comes in it's like i raised myself you can't tell me what to do like i know i literally have been doing this on my own type of a deal like I've come in with this inner wisdom that God equipped me with or higher power equipped me with. And like, I can't be mad about it, I, even though sometimes I do want to be mad about it because I feel like, where's the support? But it's like, no, I equipped you with it. You have it in you and it's like, that's where the word comes in and a lot of people don't want to do that. But okay, to kind of just, sorry, not to veer off from like, your what that question you said of how I got into Arctic House, but okay, so I was working in social services, decided to shift, went into Arctic House, and it was dark in there. And I pretty much felt very at peace. I felt very at peace and I felt like I was gonna go through some very um, turbulent moments, turbulent moments in my life. And I feel like it was almost that reassuring aspect of being in there that like in here, you can still find peace. Even though you're gonna go through some hard times, and it's gonna feel like there's no light, you're going to be fine, you're going to be okay. And so um, I let myself grieve. It was like a grieving process of like letting, and it was very challenging at times because I wanted to do things the old way. At times when I actually got to locust projects, like I had so many ideas and I've always been this passionate, impulsive person of like, Once I know you've taught me how to be this one thing, I'm ready for you to promote me into being the next thing. And your ego can get in the way sometimes. So I wanted to, after six months of being there, I'm like, hey, can you shift me into being something else? And they're like, hey, it's not in the budget. Like I don't know right now where things are going. And I was like, well, I don't want to be somewhere where I can't grow. You know that that's my mentality. But at the time, I didn't realize that I wasn't meant to like in a spiritual sense like did looking at it from a logical space like yeah i could have like i had everything i i like i felt i had like i needed to be in that position right i could do it but the truth is that spiritually i wasn't there like i wasn't there like i didn't necessarily like understand that i was i didn't have the faith to execute who i wanted to be And I think that even till this day right now, like that's a muscle. Spirituality is like a muscle that you gotta like consistently work on. And, um, cause I didn't understand hard times the way that I wanted to understand them. Like I knew I'm capable and I'm strong of handling like uh, hardships, but I don't think I, there's levels of hardships that I wasn't ready to like, that I, I hadn't endured yet that like God was like no sis like you think you know these levels of hardships like I'm gonna put you really really through it really quick so you can know that there's like different reality levels of hardship um you haven't seen it all you think you've seen it all but you haven't seen it all and so once I started working there like I felt very stuck again and things started crumbling even more. I wasn't able to like make do um, to meet the cost of living, of living in Miami. I also like lost my car right before I like transitioned to leaving to up here up north. So I was actually supposed to ride up back to Massachusetts the day that I was, and I literally had all my stuff packed, ready to go. And I was on the highway and a car like ran a red light and totaled my entire car. So you're talking to somebody who doesn't have a home, you're talking to somebody who who doesn't have have their own home anymore, a person who doesn't have a car, person who doesn't have a job, doesn't have anything pretty much. And I'm starting from scratch at 29. Everything
0: I built, gone. i can relate to that um it's so much of what you said like and most importantly i think it's just that point of like rebuild i keep hearing you say rebuild rebirth or reborn that happens that happened in that darkness i think and um i wrote down two things while you were talking one was the feeling of why not me because you know your strength you know you're ready for that next thing like you believe that you could do and take care of whatever until you feel like why not me and then um I wrote down will you trust me and to me that is the next level for that that higher power um that we're not always prepared for we feel like you know oh I'm you know the superwoman I could do whatever um but then when whatever that uh I guess you know throne is or whatever is the, the foundation that's holding us up, when that's removed, um, will you continue to trust your higher power? Will you continue to trust yourself? Um and that's what I feel like is tried in the darkness. Um you also talked about the the ego and a lot of times when you know your your eyes are closed, um and for me when I'm in a meditative state, you know, it is that I want to remove that because Just like you were saying earlier, you know, sometimes you walk into this room and you're, like, this overpowering um, presence, even if that's not your intent. Um, But in that darkness, I am nothing. And I can allow myself to be nothing except whatever God wants to use me for, whatever the higher power uh, purpose is to be fulfilled to me. And... When I come into a space like I need to present myself is that um, I present myself in a way that I am easily adaptable to whatever but it's also because I've learned in that darkness to trust um, myself and to trust God or the higher power that's been leading me Um, so more you know more important is like in relation to podcasts like sometimes it's going to be bleak like sometimes you may have dropped this episode that you love and there may only be you know one or two listeners but you understand that like when you're fulfilling your passion or your calling like somebody is getting it's hitting the spot um if you're listening this far i hope you've taken time to pick up some of these jewels because every time i talk to alexa she is dropping jewels and What I'm learning from her um, too is this work ethic, this consistency um, that, I I mean, is such an inspiration. And if you're listening to her story, pretty much whatever life has thrown at her, you can see that she continues to keep coming and continues to try to reach her, her greatest self. So not only is that commendable, but it is an inspiration and hopefully it, allows you all to see how podcasts can be uh, very effective in impacting your real life so that leads me to um my next question like i kind of want to talk about your consistency um I, I don't know if it's consistency or resiliency at this point but <laughs> i love that you keep them coming and when you do it's always a high quality of work you have um really experienced and expert uh guest um I don't know why you chose to talk to me because I'm all over the place but (laughs) from what I've heard you choose great people and so what is it or how do you remain so consistent and efficient um and also resilient So, as I said, gems have been dropped, released, sprinkled among us all, and we have more to come. Stay tuned as we finish out this episode with Alexa from Mahogany Honey Podcast. There will be even more gems. Stay tuned. Yo, it's Mo after this brief commercial break.
1: It's very challenging. I'll start there. Um, Consistency is very hard as any freelancer may know. Like you basically are your own authority, I guess, aside from God, you know, um, if you believe in a higher power, that is. Um, And so it's a lot of you pretty much uh being organized i think for me the one thing that works in my favor is that ever since i was little i've always been organized um i've never like i have a, am i can i get messy sometimes like yeah like anybody any other person who just like you know you have your moments where you just don't want to like whatever like you eat something and you like might leave it there or whatever and you like kind of like yeah like I, that aspect of me like I'm not going to get like crazy OCD how people say it but I am highly organized I'm very like and I think that's what makes me also like a strategic person is that once you are well when you can see where things fall into place like okay this is that category this is that you can it just makes connections a little bit easier Um, so that has helped me be consistent of like continuing to develop things. So that's, that's like a a personal aspect of me or a professional aspect, I guess that crossover as to like what I do. But I also think that putting my spirituality more into practice and exercising that muscle is really what has helped me be consistent in moments of darkness. Um, because when you, it's so hard to get, it's really easy. Actually, I should say not hard. It's really easy to get discouraged when you're doing work that you don't have a blueprint for like, it's really easy to be like, you know what? I don't see the results in this. Like I'm going to walk away from this. And I think you and I have talked about this, how like we literally probably have (laughs) thought about walking away. Like so many times of like, okay, maybe I should like shift into doing something else or whatever it is and it's like you got to stay at it like anything that ever grew to be great it was because somebody actually like just kept doing something anything you could even for example like in your personal life let's say that you decide to walk away from doing whatever freelance work you're doing and I'm not temporarily right let's say now that you decided to take up something like running that's something i've done where i'm like i need a mental break i need a i need to take a second i need to be in the void i need to be in the void i need to be in my meditative space to figure out like why i feel this way and i'll take up running and i'll create a whole schedule around how i'm gonna make running my thing for the next month so like starting off small like and and staying and sticking with that. So, like, if you decide that you're gonna do anything, just do it consistently. Even if you're going to temporarily take a break, do one thing that you do every day. And like, I think that a lot of people clichély has said that, and I've always been like, what does that mean? And I think I'm actually realizing what it kind of means now. Is just just build discipline in whatever way don't stop building discipline is what it is like don't stop building discipline and whatever you do pick up something even if it changes every month pick one thing and stick to that one thing so and then the resilience part also comes from doing the emotional work you got to do the work you can't not do the work I think that a lot, uh, our generation has not really, you know, I think we're getting better than what our parents probably um, have done in regards to um, bringing more awareness and prioritizing our mental health, because that's hella important. And being real with yourself when you're like, not in a good space, you know, like, I don't think I'm happy right now. Why am I not happy? Like, why do I feel this way? And like questioning why you feel that way um and talking to somebody about it like actually avidly seeking help when you feel like you need like some extra support that your family may not provide you or your friend may be able to give you you know and um being aware of codependent behaviors builds more resiliency um at times we can be very codependent on collaborations, right? Oh, I'm going to collaborate with this person. I'm going to do this with that person. But what happens when that person doesn't come through? What are you going to do? You're going to give up? (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's like, those are easily discouraging things that can lead you off your path. If you're not mindful of doing the inner work as to like, why are you so dependent on that one person? Why do you think that you can't hold your own in that lapse? in that void and that gap in the meantime until someone else comes along
0: right so I absolutely agree with um the point of like your consistency you being organized um you know I can see that in your work and in your platform like I can see that you really put effort into what you do and I can appreciate that because sometimes it is that When things aren't uh disorganized or messy it's not as effective and i think you are super effective because you take that time um and then also like you even having this podcast and, and coming to talk to me today or whatever and it's just that you are someone who is super resilient and so whether you're listening to the mahogany forum podcast to hear who lex is talking to or if you're listening to hear what kind of jim's Lex is dropping herself like i feel like in each episode you literally can take something away that is impactful in your real life and that is what is um i think my favorite part about your podcast and just you as a person like i like to attach myself with people who um, hold themselves to a higher standard um and at the beginning we talked about um, consistency as well because it's something that I struggle with because of uh, the commitment that I have to my mental health so uh, I told Lex I was like I may have to disagree with you a little bit on that um, because I am someone who honestly has set in my mind that you know I did not want to just make a podcast episode every week with no filler um with no real emotion you know and without it being aligned with my spirit and so that is really a practice that I've used and I hope that you guys can see like there is an opportunity for contrast um there is an opportunity to do it more than one way and that's okay whatever your process is um you know go for that I'm one of those people who I really want to make sure that not only aligns with my my spirit um, but I always am in my head like oh yeah that would be a good podcast episode that I completely forget about what the f- I was supposed to be talking about girl so what I have been able to do though is find moments of collaboration and so hopefully when you guys come to the Mix of Black Girl Magic podcast you hear that like you know that Mo has put her, her soul in this like you were saying Lex and like, um, it's a part of my, my healing journey. Um, but I think how this consistency and resiliency and efficiency carries over is that it's helped you to build a community. And so I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about that. Like, where do you find all of these dope guests? Like your guests are top tier, okay? So how did you build such a, a great community? I
1: think one of the most important things um, that you can have is just being fucking authentic. I'm sorry if I swear, but like um, you can, you know, edit that out. That's real. That's real. That's real. It's just being real. It will filter out who doesn't need to be there because at times you can so the process for me is more so just doing outreach i because again having that background and like social services and all that like outreach is a part of that and so it helps me with community engagement doing outreach has helped me with engaging with other people from different areas and walks of life right and so for me um i think it Like, if people can see that, like, I I guess, like, it, they may see part, I put parts of it, because you can't see the totality of who I am, right? And, like, in a post. But you can somewhat get an idea of what I'm trying to do if, like, you see the similar, if you see the me and you. If you see some parts of me and you, then I think that's where, like, you start, like, getting people and people start aligning with you. So not being afraid of actually like putting yourself out there. And I struggle with this. I'm not gonna lie. I struggle with this because I think the older I've gotten, I've become more introverted, which I don't know is if it's working in my favor or at times if it's not working in my favor. So that's a new thing that I'm learning to balance in my life is newly being introverted. Cause I've been very extroverted since I was younger. Um, but now that I'm older, when, life has hit you with many experiences, you start to become a little bit more like enclosed, right? Um, And you just want to like hang out with yourself and you just kind of want to isolate. <laughs> and so I'm learning on how to balance the isolation part and also learning how to, when to be extroverted. That's a process that's a process and knowing like who aligns with who you are so if this person i've had many circumstances where people have reached out to me and been like i love your podcast like i want to be on your on your podcast this is that i'm like great um go fill out a form like do the link in in the form and some people don't even they i feel like they that's like too much effort for them if it's too much effort for you to fill out a form You don't even, like, I don't even want to work with you. I'm sorry, but like, this is collaborative work. This is collaborative work. This is not, I work for you. I don't work for you. We work in for, we're working for like the community. I don't work for you. You don't work for me. This is, if you're really interested in doing community work, you're going to do the form. (laughs) <laughs> you're gonna right. go through the process of like if you you know and so people mm-hmm. who have the right um, intentions some of those little things those that you put into place those like if they really care they'll do it like they'll really follow up with you you know what I mean and yeah. so don't be the, that's another discouraging thing like that can be <laughs> discouraging as well you're like well damn I'm doing all of this work and I, and I feel like how how much easier can i make it for people to actually come on board and that and i just so happen to like put myself out there i put myself out there and i just pretty much consistently try on a weekly basis at least every day to put like a post when i'm looking for guest speakers of like hey i'm looking for you if this is you like reach out to me and just like keep doing it like don't give up don't be ashamed um, don't let anyone feel you like you're a bother because I think that's another thing too I've had people that have like I've had friends where like I they'll be on board with you in the beginning and then you'll consistently try to like um, you know promote yourself and be like hey but did you see this episode oh you should hear this episode or like hey or like and they're like um I'm actually doing this right now I don't really have like the moment to kind of like tune in or something like that and you can kind of pick up on them being bothered by how consistent you are in your practice and do not get discouraged by that like take that as a motherfucking sign that you're literally doing the motherfucking work okay and that you are bothering and irritating people because they're seeing that you're actually really about this yes they thought that this was just a phase. They thought this was a phase. It's not a phase, baby girl. It's not a phase. Like okay. this is who I am, and I actually believe in myself. And I'm sorry if that bothers you, but that's that's a personal problem. So so sorry. <laughs> like I that's it. not personal, like a personal problem. That's not a me problem. And it's sad because it's like you get to see colors of the people that you you know that you thought that were on board with you who genuinely kind of just don't get they don't they're not there yet and you can't even be mad at them because it's like how you're going to be mad at someone who hasn't explored faith in themselves like that's that right and (laughs) you can't even get mad at them
0: and i absolutely agree with you because i feel like that is how you form your community it's like if you're not um about this life then i understand it's a part of my growth that like it's okay for me to let go of that relationship or you know it's okay for you to like mute me or unfollow me like if this ain't if this ain't for you then let it go but um you know that happens because like i tell you like i've always been this super cool girl that could rap and do all this stuff and it's so lit you know and then when I start talking about social justice and what books I've read and you know um having a conversation about these topics and that is my content um then yeah people start to to think uh who who does that girl think she is but in that moment you know it's like I'm gonna be I'm gonna keep coming with this because this is my passion this is actually what um I'm here for it, and I'm sorry. I actually had to apologize and forgive myself for not allowing me to show my full self um, in those spaces um, and throughout my life. What what you were saying as well, Lex, about, um, you know, how you became more introverted as you've gotten older. And I just attribute that to you becoming wiser. I think, you know, when you speak, um, like when you're this super extroverted person as as I am, I can completely relate. Um, you know, you don't always have time to process what is going on. You're just talking or reacting. You're just moving, um, so to speak. Like I think we both like to do a party or two, you know, and you're just like, hey, having a great time, but you're not really taking that time to heal, to tap into yourself. And so I think a, a bit of that being uh, quiet is us growing wiser as we get um better with time like a watch okay so this is um really impactful Lex talking to you about these things because I believe that there are many people who can benefit from having podcasts that you have a great podcast so I would encourage everyone listening to go check out her podcast and I will put the information in the description um is there anything else that you would like to say or that you could um tell to someone who may you know be thinking about creating a podcast
1: yeah um I think that one of the last things that I wanted to say just to circle back on like I think we were talking about the arts and culture aspect and like also consistency. I think one great thing to look at yourself when you're a podcaster, for example, or just a person who um, who gets either paid or who their life work is supposed to be around public speaking um, in general is like we're artists, like we're literally artists. Like. And we should not feel ashamed for not being able to do all these different things when you're starting up a podcast. Like it's difficult um, to be the person who does the budget and expenses, who's like the fundraiser person to like of your own organization. You're the content creator, you're the videographer, you're the, you know, you're, you're everything when you're first starting out and like all you genuinely want to do is just host conversations right like when you're a yeah. podcast, like that's and that's the same thing artists say to me when i would have conversations with them in these art organizations and i would interview them they would be so like introverted or to themselves and i'd be like man, aren't you so proud of this work? Like, don't you want to promote your work? Like, don't you want to like talk to me or or just do more interviews or whatever it is? And like, they would just be like, I just want to do what I do. And that's either paint, put on an exhibition, and that's it. I just want to do my job. And that's literally okay. And I realized that now that I'm a podcaster, I'm like, I hope I can finally get to a space where all I have to focus on is just my interviewer and my interview questions. And that's perfectly
0: fine. Yes. That's my art. It is. And it's definitely a process. Um, when we started, you were just like mahogany form that's my baby. And I feel that like, um, you know, I don't have any kids. So solidarity and co for me, um, is, is the under is the umbrella under which I do all these things and it has really been um a labor of love. It is like I'm doing all the jobs like you just described like and literally um I'm loving it because it allows me to be um an honor like all those parts of me. There is a part of me that likes graphics and I like things a certain way. Um the videography, you know it, it really allows you to have that whole process i just have i have one more question like um because i think a lot of people see it as daunting it's like trying to find someone to interview coming up with the interview questions um you know blah 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 and some of us are not as as organized as we should (laughs) so you know what is it that you do um what is your your process i know you said you have a form like how do you kind of I guess, figure out or manage the logistics of it all. Um. Okay. So for
1: for first off, I try to focus on like a theme. So like if my theme is I want to talk about like, let's say mental health, for example, like that's going to be like my niche. I'm going to talk about, I'm going to find someone who literally, or that person's going to find me by me putting, like these certain topics out of like what i want to hit around mental health right so i literally hope that whoever uh sees this reaches out and it's like okay i want to talk to you about like coping skills um and that and obviously that has to do with mental health so i literally um you know, send out an invitation, I send them an email and I'm just like, hey, like, or they send me an email after they've done the form and we link up and we set up a date as to like what works for them. And after that, I first always do like, I think I I've I I've did this with you, like a meet and group to see if like you personally like me and if I like align with whatever, if you align with whatever I'm trying to do. And I think that that moment's very important as a podcaster and I don't think that anyone should um like underestimate that moment of a meet and greet because that's another filter aside from actually having people fill out a form like doing a meet and greet is also very important to see if whether or not like this person aligns with what you're trying to do I've had many people who send me forms And I've had meet and greets with them, and I can literally, I can, I have, like, probably, like, a book full of people that I never interviewed because when I sat, when I sat down with them during the meet and greet, I was like, no, I'm sorry. But, like, come to me at another time when you have, like, a better idea as to, like, what you want to say or do. So you also can't feel bad about the selective process. This is your platform. You can't let everybody be your baby not everybody can hold your baby i'm sorry okay (laughs) say that like this is my reputation on the line too like you also and also it's their reputation on the line you don't also want to misrepresent someone who like is kind of in a phase where they're trying to figure out like what they want to do you know they're not really clear yet um so
0: that's literally the process in a nutshell yes so um, that was the tea. Y'all just got the process of the Mahogany Forum podcast. And like, you know, one, one other thing that you said that I want to touch on specifically is that you talked about, you know, um, being in that art space and merging art and social justice together. And it just required you to be innovative and, and, to, be, uh, and to think outside the box. So that is my um, spiel. If you guys are thinking of, of starting a podcast, do not be afraid to uh, create your own lane, as, as you've touched on. Think outside the box, be innovative, um, manage the logistics in a way that protects your baby or creates boundaries. And, you know, whatever consistency looks like for you, embrace it. Um, that will help you to find your, your community. Um, what you have just heard here is two intersectional uh, black women who are podcasters who have picked it up um, in the darkness and rebirthed themselves and not only has it been an amazing journey for us but it is something that we we are committed to as much as we are committed to um, creating a, a better community for us all and so, i really appreciate you coming uh to talk to me today lex you will continue to have my support and if there's anything that i can do to support you please let me know um and the same goes to the listeners if you guys have any questions about podcasts or anything we didn't cover that you guys want to know let me know and we will follow up um yeah so again a huge and most gracious thank you to you lex no, thank you
1: so much. And respect the craft. You know, that's all it is: working integrity, okay. working, in- and that's and all. That's that's all that's
0: period. All <laughs> um, and
1: if you want to find me, like Mo said, Matt, you can find me um, at Mahogany Forum via Instagram, via Facebook, and Twitter. I'm at Mahogany Forum. And the podcast uh I'm streaming wherever you get your podcast at. Um via you can find it as Mahogany Honey the Podcast.
0: Okay, so you will not be able to contact her if you go to Melanin, Miami. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy <Miami> Podcast. <laughs> She's rested. She's rested. We put her down. Okay. So- <laughs> Uh, mahogany form mahogany form podcast again thank you guys for tuning in to the mix of black girl magic podcast with your host yo I just had a great conversation with my girl Lex and guys come back again to hear us for the next podcast episode thank you again Lex and you all have a beautiful day bye Thank you so much for listening to the Mix of Black Girl Magic podcast. This has been an insightful episode with Alexa from mahogany honey podcast i really enjoyed this episode and i hope you all did too you'll find the information to connect with her in the description below and tune in for the next episode of the mix of black girl magic podcast with your girl your host yo it's mo